January 10th, it was a Tuesday. It was day two of prayer and fasting. I arrived not leading the prayer meeting. I was coming for me. And I was sitting right back over there. We did worship. Whoever led the meeting shared a few scriptures. And then we went into a time of corporate prayer. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, private one-on-one, you, you with God prayer before we did corporate prayer. And so I'm sitting back there just minding my own business. And then out of the clear blue comes these words. Tell them about my anointing and tell them about their anointing. And so I'm sitting there going, right now? When is this supposed to happen, Lord? He said, in due time. So naturally, my mind is going, okay, I got to leave tomorrow. Is it, is it then? Is it future me? I don't know. Is it a future sermon? I have no clue. But what I have to tell you is what happened on day one. I was struggling big time. Sunday night, I could not sleep. I'm, I'm up all night. I, I maybe got three hours of sleep. There was something going on on the inside of me, but I could not put my finger on it, and it was frustrating me. And so day one was not pretty for Rob. And I, and I know I had to press in, but I was like, Lord, you're going to have to do something because I've never experienced this on day one. And it wasn't the lack of food that was causing it. I knew that. And so I came down this aisle, day two at noon prayer, sitting right back here saying, Lord, you're going to have to show up and do something. And I hear, tell them about my anointing and their anointing. That's not what I want to hear, Lord. I need it for me. I'm here to engage with you. And then you're turning it around and giving me something to do for you. And there's nothing going on with me as far as helping me. And then he tells it to me again but with a little umph behind it. Okay. You want to play that way, huh? And so the the little private time of prayer was about to end. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me of 1 John chapter 2, Verse 27. And so I have my iPhone and I call that scripture verse on my phone and I read the very first three words as for you. 
And there was something inside of me that could not get past that comma. And so I didn't know what to do with that. So I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. I'm struggling. So I read it again, thinking I was going to get through the verse. I got, as for you, boom, halt. I read it again. As for you, halt. And then all of a sudden, it dawned on me that the reason I could not get past the you and the comma is because the Lord was shining a bright light on what I was struggling with. Because if you read the rest of the verse, it says, as for you, the anointing which you received. And the Lord said, the reason you can't get past the comma is because you're feeling inadequate. You're feeling alone. You're feeling depressed. And I was like, yes, that's why I'm here. Help me. There was, there was a feeling like I had no value, okay? I'm just being honest with you. It was tough, it was hard, and I was struggling. Self-doubt was all over me. And then the Lord said, Rob, when you read this verse, you can't read it with the word you in it because you don't feel like you have the anointing or a anointing. And I got to let you in on a little secret. All this is happening while we're in prayer. He says, what you do is you'll say, as for T.D. Jakes, the anointing. He says, you've got the gift of substitution. As for Joyce Meyer, she has the anointing. And you also have the gift of comparison because you're comparing yourself to these people. Like you have to be them. That's why you're struggling. And so tears are coming down my face. And I said, Lord, please forgive me. I know why I've been struggling for these last 36 hours or so. And then he speaks again. He says, before you tell them about my anointing and their anointing, I'm going to tell you, meaning Rob, about your anointing. And of course, in Rob fashion, my anointing? And then the Lord reminded me of Hebrews 12 too. It's my favorite verse in the Bible. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. 
And he says, Rob, you want to play substitution? Substitute your name where it says joy. Because of Rob, I endured the cross. And then I realized that I was his joy. And I'm, I'm still his joy. And so the Lord took me back. Again, all this is happening in the prayer meeting. He takes me back to 1 John 2.27 and he says, you want to play substitution again? He says, replace you with me. I want to hear it come out of your mouth. As for me, Rob, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And when I read it, I read the whole verse. It was like the Lord was a little cheerleader. You made it past the comma. He said, Rob, there is an anointing on your life. And he said, my mission for you today is to tell you about my son's anointing and for you to tell the people about their anointing so that you can help bring it to the people. So remember I mentioned earlier that the Lord told me that he was going to unveil this in due time. Tonight is due time. And so I have a question for you. Have you ever considered yourself to be an anointed Christian? For some of us, that can be a very difficult question to answer. Because most Christians do not believe because they immediately revert back to the Old Testament. Because it was very common in the Old Testament. Priests were anointing for their duties. People were anointed for a specific task. Articles or furniture in, in the synagogues and temples were anointed because they wanted to be set apart for a specific purpose. Prophets were anointed to proclaim God's word. Kings were appointed so that they could rule. So yes, to anoint someone in the Old Testament was a very common occurrence. It was a very special ceremony. In fact, the Lord tells Samuel, he says, you see that young man, David, out in the field? He said, this is what I want you to do. Rise, get up, and go and get him and anoint him because he's the one. And so that word anoint literally means to, to rub or smear oil. Now, the oil that they used back in the day in the Old Testament was made of, of a lot of ingredients. And I'm just going to give you the basics because I don't want to, I don't want to hang here for very long. But there was myrrh, there was cinnamon, there was calamus, something called cassia, and there was olive oil. And so what they would do, they would take this concoction and literally anoint someone for a special duty to set them apart for service. But I have to tell you what the real origin of the oil is. 
It's very fascinating. Prior to this anointing ceremony, shepherds would anoint or rub or smear oil on their sheep. Would you like to know why? Because if they did not, insects and lice would get on their wool and eventually make it into their ears and do so much damage that eventually it would affect the brain and they would die. And so the shepherd would take this concoction and smear the sheep all over its head and under its neck and around its ear so that these insects could not get in the inner ear and they would die and the sheep would live. And so that's how it came to be in the Old Testament. Notice I said Old Testament. And along came Jesus Christ. The bread of life, the Holy One, our King, our High Priest, the glorious prophet, the Chosen One. Did you know that the very name Christ is not Jesus' last name? The word is, is made up of a Hebrew and a Greek word, and together they, they signify Messiah, but also the anointed one. So it's saying Jesus is our Messiah, but he's also the anointed one. And then one day, Luke happened to be sitting nearby with pen in hand, and he hears Jesus say these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is cool. Then He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, you think? And he began saying to them, today, 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 this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I ask you again, have you ever considered yourself to be anointed? Some of you have said it not even realizing. How many of you have ever said, let me let, show of hands, how many of you have ever said, I am a Christian? Come on. The majority of the people. Yep, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You didn't realize, but a lot of people think that word, it, it partly means to be a follower. Christ is part of the word. And it means anointed ones when it's, when it's blended with Christians. So you've called yourself part of the group of the anointed ones and didn't even realize it. Go figure. So you still don't believe me, do you, that you're anointed? Okay. First John chapter two, verse 20. 
But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, again, which we started out earlier. As for you, the anointing which you receive from Him abides in you, and you have no need for anybody to tell you that, because Jesus has already told you that. His anointing teaches you about all things. You still don't believe me? Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Now it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. If you have repented and have accepted Christ as your Savior, and ask for the forgiveness of your sins, you have an anointing. And the anointing lives in you. You can't go to Walmart and go down the clearance rack and find the anointing. It is already in you. It's not a four-step process. It's there for a specific purpose. The anointing is a living and tangible thing that lives in us. It takes up resonance in us. It abides in us. And it doesn't leave us. Because when Jesus left, He sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. My friends, you've been set apart for a specific service and a specific task. Some fear the anointing. Some have fallen away from the anointing and have no regard for it ever again. Some of you, when you first got saved, you recognized the anointing. Something happened. It slipped away. For some, like me, you, you, you feel inadequate. You feel unworthy. Me? As for, I, I can't read that verse either, Rob. Well, for most Christians, receiving the anointing is not the problem. The challenge is keeping it. So I'm here tonight to give you fair warning. It's not going to be a history lesson, but rather it's going to be a very loud voice of reviving the power that's already in you. So you'd better buckle up. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because Jesus is going to, tonight, Jesus is going to take you and me on a journey that you haven't been on in a very long time. And so I would strongly ask that you, you remain quiet. Don't get on your phones and look at the text message that just came through. I need your undivided attention because for some of us, we need to hear this desperately tonight. On January 10th, the word came forward. Tell them about my anointing and tell them about their anointing. In this very hour, the Lord is releasing His anointing on His people. And I just need to tell you that He not only wants to anoint us, but He wants us, He, he wants to teach us how to steward the anointing, how to release the anointing in our life, and even how to increase it in our lives. He wants to give us spiritual victory. He wants us to go lay hands on people and see them recover. He wants us to be energized about His Spirit. 
He wants us to, to be energized for our own healing and for our own deliverance. Because I, I, I do have to let you know that we are in a new prophetic hour in our world. If, you're, if, if you haven't turned on the news in, in a couple years, it's here. It is here. In such a time as this. The anointing is the bubbling overflow from the wellsprings of God, the rivers of living water flowing out of our hearts. It means that you've been abled, you've been empowered, and you have been entrusted to accomplish God's will. There are many things out there that you've been empowered to do through the anointing, like to discern truth, to pray, to live a righteous life, to be led by God, to live in joy, live in hope to receive spiritual gifts, and also to bear fruit. But I want to give you some other practical ways that the anointing works in our life. Maybe you've been anointed to raise children. Maybe you've been anointed to teach. Maybe you've been anointed to handle finances in a way that blesses other people. Maybe you've been anointed to lead or supervise. Maybe to start up a new company. Maybe you are anointed to be a giver, to give counsel, to even play an instrument. Maybe you've been given a, the anointing to use a talent to help other people. Maybe you've been given the anointing to have compassion to help people in their time of need. Maybe you've been given the anointing to write. Maybe it's poems. Maybe it's a blog. Or maybe it's something that, that somebody needs to hear those words. Maybe you've been given the, the anointing to be hospitable. Maybe to lay hands on the, on the sick and they recover. To see the oppressed free. And to see people arise above their circumstances. You say, Rob, you're stressing me out. That's my job tonight. Is to put a little umph in you like the Lord did to me. Amen. So I've got to tell you this, you've got to realize that there is an anointing on your life. And at any given moment, we have two options. The first option is we can operate in it and step forward in growth with it. Or we can retreat and stay in safety mode. And I want to bring to your attention somebody in the Bible that made one of these decisions. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, then the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him. He's the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. How did David receive the anointing on his life? Remember, he was in the field as a little shepherd boy. Samuel walks out. Hey, young man. The Lord has given me specific instructions to anoint you because you're going to be the next king. Let's find out, did, did, did David retreat in safety mode and run and hide like some of us do? Or did he welcome the anointing and begin operating in it? So how did David do it? Number one, instead of as for you, as for David, 
he acknowledged the truth. Remember David? He fought what? The Philistine, Goliath? David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. In other words, he acknowledged who God was in his life. To understand about the anointing on your life, you need to understand and acknowledge that God is the anointer. Not your spouse, not your job, not your income, but God and only God is the anointer in your life. David recognized that there was power. He was powerless, but his God showed up on that day. And again, in order to operate in the anointing that is already in you, you've got to understand and acknowledge who God is. He put his spirit inside of you and inside of me. He is right now smearing oil all over you. You smell lovely. I just want to let you know. But there is an oil right now that is supernaturally being applied to you and everyone under the sound of my voice. And he is lathering up your head because he is tired of seeing the insects going into your ears and destroying your life. So number one, we've got to acknowledge because that's what David did. Number two, as for David, he accepted the truth. In Psalm 119, verse 47, he says, For I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. Verse 65. Do good to your servant according to your word, O Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, comma, for I believe. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I accept your commands of the anointing that is on my life. When Samuel called David out of the field and said, come see, I have to anoint you with the horn of oil. Immediately, he accepted it and said, I'm yours. And you have to do the same. Not only acknowledge that God is the anointer, but you have to accept that truth. You've got to be able to read past the comma. You've got to be able to read where it says he anointed you and believe it and get it deep down in your spirit. Because if you don't, you're going to just keep living like you're living in defeat. And finally, number three, as for David, this is cool. The Lord activated the truth. Psalm 92, 4. I love this. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. There was an activation already in process. 
When he was in that field, God was already working on his heart. He had already called him. He had already sealed his fate to be the king of Israel. There was already an anointing on him. He acknowledged it. He accepted it. But God had a part and there was an activation. In 1 Samuel, again, Samuel takes the horn of oil and anoints him in the presence of his brothers. There was like a special ceremony. There was literally a horn that had been uh, hollowed out that was filled with oil. And it was poured over David. And at that moment, there was an activation that had taken place in his life. There was a mantle of anointing that was being transferred. That same anointing that we see in Isaiah that Jesus just simply mirrored that says the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to lay, to lay hands on people and to see them delivered, to see the oppressed go free. That same anointing that God had was activated and it was transferred right into David's life. January 10th, tell them about my anointing and tell them about their anointing. As for you, you have been anointed. Tonight is a reactivation service. Because there is fresh oil in this house. Psalm 92.10 says, If you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, I have, been to anoint, I have been anointed with fresh oil. If you would like a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life, you must first come and recognize the great anointer. You must accept the truth and let the Lord God reactivate it in your life tonight. And so we're going to do something a little different than a normal Wednesday night service, if you're okay with that. Because the Lord has given me the green light to pray over anyone who wants a fresh anointing on their life. We will not suppress it. We will not run away from here without talking about it because we need more of the anointing in our life to combat what is taking place in our world and in our families, on our jobs, and in our life. I'm just going to ask one time. And, and you have two options. You can sit there in safety or you can come to the altar and get reactivated with your anointing. I don't know what your anointing is, but you do. And so I pray that tonight God will bring it back to the surface 
He will also show you. And so I was just going to ask it one time. If you want a fresh anointing on your life, get down to the altar right now. And take a step of faith. And say, Lord, I need your fresh oil on my life. I'm tired of living under the torment of feeling like I'm not worthy of the anointing. But tonight we have just seen in scripture where it says, as for you and as for me, we have the anointing. And so what I'm going to do in just a minute, I'm just going to walk very quickly through the crowd. Just uh, come up a little tighter if you don't mind. Come up a little tighter. And you can even spread across. I'm just going to walk through the crowd in just a minute. And I'm just going to lay a very quick hand on you. But I'm going to do it with anointing oil. And this will be just like an Old Testament anointing. If I had a horn, I would fill it up and I would dunk every one of you. But I know this, God has called you, he's equipped you, he's empowered you to do the incredible, to do the mighty. And so what I want us to do is we're, we're going we're gonna to repeat a prayer. It's okay to do that sometimes because I think it's very powerful what the Lord gave me. And so in unison, we're going to say this together. Are you ready? Say, Lord, I'm asking you to lay your hand upon me in a fresh, brand new way. Rub the oil of your spirit deep into my life and let the powerful fragrance of the anointing be felt, be sensed, and be seen by others who are near me. I want to carry your power and demonstrate the aroma of your presence. Let the anointing penetrate deep within me. I confess that God's hand is on my life. Because of this, the Spirit of the Lord rests mightily upon me. Just as you anointed Jesus, I am also anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to give recovery of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I carry the power of Jesus Christ, and I give off the sweet aroma of your anointing. Thank you for taking me beyond the comma by empowering me, by enabling me, by equipping me, and by anointing me with the breath of your spirit. As for me, I am anointed. As for me, I am anointed. As for me, I am anointed. 
I want you to look up on the big screen at this quote. Once your soul has been enlarged by a truth, it can never return to its original size. I believe in all, with all of my heart that there's going to be some change taking place in your life. I'm not saying it's going to be tonight. I don't know when it's going to be. But for me, January 10th was the day. I was struggling. I was almost mad at God. It's only day one and I'm here at day two and I'm struggling. I've never struggled like this before. What's going on? Don't you have something for me? I was getting kind of upset at him. And then very gently, it was like I felt the massage of the oil on me. Not that I'm anything special, but I believe on January 10th, right back there, God gave me that message for tonight because I needed it. Amen. And God has been showing me ever since, ever since, ever since that we all need that fresh oil of his anointing. And so I am excited to see where God is going to take you and lead you. But you have to first get past the comma. Amen. That was a struggle for me, a big struggle. And so I, what I want you to do tonight as your homework, I want you to go back home tomorrow. I want you to meditate on that word, 1 John 2, chapter 27. And instead of you put in there, me, as for me, the anointing abides in me. God has equipped me. God has given me the anointing. Amen. You've got to take some action, right? But tonight there's going to be a reactivation. And so I'm just going to come very quickly. We're not going to take long at all. Uh -uh. We're not going to take long at all. At all. I got oil on the brain. Amen. Amen. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not going to do anything goofy. I just want to lay hands because that's biblical. Anointing people with oil is biblical for those who are sick, but also for those who want a double dose or a triple dose of the anointing on your life. Amen. Tonight, your spirit man has been enlarged because of truth. Do you remember um, the movie as uh, a few good men? There's a scene between Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise, and, and there's, a, you know, um, I want the truth, and what is Jack Nicholson? You can't handle the truth, right? That does not exist here, because we are able to handle the truth, because it's God's Word. We didn't say it about ourselves. We didn't write the Bible, did we? Anybody? Let me, show of hand, anybody write the Bible? good but it's God's spoken word for us it's his love letter to us 
And so the next time you say, I'm a Christian, you're actually saying, I'm one of the anointed ones. I just need for you to all stand up. Thank you, Lord, for reactivating the spirit in us. I'm glad and thankful tonight that you have awakened our spirit, man. Lord, I just, I knew on January 10th, I knew on January 10th, Lord, that you were not only speaking to me, but you were speaking to everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, that we, I, needed to hear this. That tonight we are moving forward beyond the comma and we can boldly say, as for me, I am anointed. As for my household, it is anointed. As for my workplace, it is anointed. As for my driving skills on Ambassador Caffrey, I am anointed. As for handling relationships, I am anointed. As for being a father, I am anointed. As for being a mom, I am anointed. You you can go down the list, right? And, And list a bunch of things. But the whole purpose tonight was, is not to convince you that you're anointed. It's just simply to reactivate it that was already in there. It's been silent. For me, it was silent. And so just close your eyes with me as we pray, as we conclude. Father, we are so gracious. I'm thankful, Lord, that you did speak to us tonight. That you've given us your word. And as the quote on the screen says, you've enlarged our territory with a truth. And I'm thankful, Lord, that it's not going to be the same. It will not return to its original size. That we will not only say we're anointed, but we will walk in the anointing. Not braggadociously, but confidently. Because the Lord has anointed us. Lord, I pray your blessing on your people tonight. May the Spirit of God rise up in them even as they travel home tonight. May we see the miraculous take place in our lives. May we see the incredible power of God get revived in our spirit. For it's your precious and holy name that we pray. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for coming tonight. Be blessed. Be blessed. Again, your homework is when you wake up in the morning, you say, as for me, I am anointed. Amen.